It's the Dublin City Rounders Radio Hour with Rowan and Al, a rootin' tootin' rockin' 60 minutes of great music, chat, and special celebrity guests on I-96 Radio and Entertainment, i96.ie. Howdy ladies and gentlemen, you're very welcome to episode 10 of the Dublin City yep, Rounders episode 10. Radio Hour with myself, Rowan, and Al is there. Here I am. We're going to get started. Uh, with a little song. This is an old song called uh, Ragtime Cowboy Joe from 1935, sung by the Hillbillies. He always sings raggy music to the cattle as he swings, back and forward in the saddle on a horse. Daddy syncopated, gated, and it's such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater, how they run. When they hear the fellas gone and the western folks all know, he's a hyperlootin', rootin', tootin', son of a gun from Arizona, ragtime cowboy Joe. Now out in Arizona where the bad men are, the only thing to guide you is the evening star. The roughest, the toughest man by far is ragtime cowboy Joe. To the cows and sheep Every night I said he sings a head to sleep In a bass voice so rich and deep He's crooning so low He always sings Raggy music to the cattle as he swings Back and forward in the saddle on a horse That he syncopated gaily There is such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater How they run When they hear the fellas gun And the western folks all know He's a hyperlootin' rootin' tootin' Son of a gun from Arizona Ragtime cowboy Joe Sunday in a Sunday clothes He beats it for the village where he always goes And every girl in town is Joe's Cause he's a ragtime bear When he starts a spieling on the dance hall floor No one but a lunatic would start a war Wise men know his body for It makes men dance for fair He always sings Reggae music to the cattle as he swings Back and forward in the saddle on a horse That is syncopated gaily There is such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater How they run when they hear the fellas gun and the western folks all know He's a hyperlootin', rootin', tootin', son of a gun from Arizona Ragtime Cowboy Joe Now out upon the prairie where the doggies stray Singing raggy music to him night and day A-riding and a-rolling in his own sweet way Yes, Ragtime Cowboy Joe Way up in the city when the roundups pour Singing songs the folks have never heard before Swinging and swaying on the cabaret floor It's ragtime cowboy Joe He always sings Reggae music to the cattle as he swings Back and forward in the saddle on a horse Daddy syncopated gated There is such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater How they run when they hear the fellas gun And the western folks all know He's a hyperlootin', rootin', tootin' Son of a gun from Arizona Ragtime cowboy Joe Welcome back. Uh, today's guest is one of Ireland's foremost hat makers, uh, people like Stephen Fry, uh, President of Ireland Michael D. Higgins, Nidge from Love Hate, <laughs> Gene Butler of Riverdance, and of course the Dublin City Rounders are just some of his glamorous customers. Uh, he's the only maker of real Panama hats in Ireland, uh, and in his spare time he is uh, the country's 
most well-known James Joyce look-alike. We'd like to offer a very warm welcome to our good friend, Mr. John Shevlin. How are you keeping, John? Hi, guys. How are you doing? It's great very to be good. here with you. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for popping down today and joining us. I suppose the first uh, thing we should ask is... Uh, how did you get into hat making? I know you weren't always a hat maker. You weren't born a hat maker. You had to become a hat maker. How did that happen? Well, in a way, I was kind of brought up with hats all around me because in 1960, my late father started a hat factory in Malahide. And during that period, we only did ladies' hats and only um, our customers were only in Ireland. Right. But things have moved on since I started and restarted again. Um, I started doing... Uh, men's hats as well mm. and that trade has really really increased and then yeah. I started doing real Panama hats I'm doing maker of Panama hats in Ireland uh, we sell all around the country we sell in Arnott's we sell various shops around the country we sell from our own shop Cows Lane Designer Studio in yeah. Tampa Bar and I also make to measure for the same price yeah. uh, same cost as off the rack so um, we get a lot of tourists in our shop so they come and they can enjoy the part of the design experience because they can select their own style, their own colour, their own trim and be involved in the make, uh, yeah. making of the hat itself. Well, it's great. It's something we've, uh, we've been involved with ourselves oh, yeah. on, on a few occasions. Of course, all of the Dublin yeah. City Rounders headwear that you would have seen <laughs> in any photos and things like that is, of course, made by John here. Um, so when, when do we say uh, real Panama hats? What, what's a real Panama hat, John? And how, what, what, what makes you the, 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 the guy to, to do it? Well, I'm the only one in Ireland that makes them. Yeah. Um, real Panama hats, people think they, they come from Panama. That's kind of a misnomer. Mm. Uh, the straw comes from Ecuador, oh. and our straw is hand-selected uh, through our agent in London, who is Ecuadorian herself. Wow. And when she makes trips over to Ecuador, she picks her Panama straw material. That's amazing. And, so there's uh, a market over there, and she, she goes over and then well, well, the makers, the the, yeah. the hand weavers over there. There are villages that you know there are villages of weavers in Ecuador, oh. and like for hundreds of years, they still hand weave Panama straw. Yeah. The way the way they've always done it. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, there are different uh, grades and qualities of Panama. But we use one that's quite commercial, that's uh, fairly robust, yeah. uh, that's also soft. And um, I think it's did, uh, President Higgins has one of your Panama hats, doesn't he? Yes, actually. Um, I was on a train uh, in Milan on the way home. As you and, are. Yeah. As I do, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I got a phone call from his press uh, well, sorry, his personal assistant, not his yeah. press secretary, his personal assistant, um, that he was flying out two days later to Gallipoli for the war commemorations yeah. and he needed a Panama hat. Wow. So <laughs> it was a very, very quick order and uh, um, he was very, very kind to come to the shop and get sorted out. Oh, really? He was wow. down there yep. at Chaos Lighting Design oh. Studio? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we closed up the shop for a little while. Oh, yes. As, mm. as you have to. Yeah. You've got to take security precautions because yeah. he is a very... Um, He's a very kind of approachable and, and egalitarian. Absolutely. Person, well, I think uh, I've met him a few times. I think that's probably the fourth time. Yeah. Um, twice as a hat maker and uh, once or twice in another role, which I think you might mention later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's let's tackle that now. Yeah, Why not? sure. I did mention uh, shortly in the or briefly there in the introduction that you know. People listening to this who are who are, uh, are are Dublin dwellers around, particularly around Bloomsday and things like that, they might uh, they might see 
some advertising and photos and things like that of a fellow who looks a bit like James Joyce. And that's you. That's right, that's Jeff. That's you. <laughs> Walking I, past the posters. So yeah. How did you get involved in, in the, the lookalike? Uh... Well, it happened, as it happens, I live right opposite the James Joyce Centre. Yeah. And I've been there for about 17 years and I've been spotted. Oh, right. um, yeah. And the story goes that I've been stalked uh, back to our shop. Well, where... it, won't, it won't help now that you just tell people on the radio where you live as well. You know? Oh, well, <laughs> I said opposite the James Joyce Somewhere, Center. somewhere around. So um, that's how it really happened. The manager came in and said to me, uh, hey, John, uh, has anybody ever told you you look a bit like James Joyce? And I said, yeah, that's been said before, as long as I don't look like him now because he's dead and I'm not. <laughs> so it started from there. They wanted me to... Uh, to dress up as James Joyce for the launch of One City, One Book. Yeah. Wow, that was a while which, ago. That was a while ago, and as I call it, my first gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had been doing hats for the Abbey Theatre, mm. and I thought I can get the clothes from yeah, the, costume. the costume department in the Abbey Theatre. They knew me, and we got sorted out. But of course, the hat, I had to make one for myself, a Joycean-style hat. And uh, got the bits and pieces together. My glasses are actually original vintage glasses from the same period. Oh, wow, really? My James Joyce glasses. Yeah, yeah. And they were donated to me by my optician, Donald McNally from Optica. Wow. Huh. And they're just absolutely, they, they just so did make you the look. Up for your, for your, um, your prescription? He did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. To stop me bumping into the photographers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that was really uh, the start of meeting a lot of interesting people. Yeah. And in fact, I think that's the first time I met Michael D. Higgins, the our yeah. president. When he, uh, in his first year of presidency, he was asked to launch Bloomsday. He was invited by Senator David Norris, who lives on my street, yeah. uh, to launch Bloomsday that particular year. And that's when I first met him in wow. the role as James Joyce. So there you go. So, so. You met him as James Joyce, and then you had to meet him as John Shepard. I met him later at, <laughs> at, 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 uh, in, at a trade fair in the RDS. Did he make the connection? And, uh, like oh, yeah, absolutely. Trying, no, no, I kind of, um, he's kind of walking through the stands, and uh, when he came into, into my line of sight, I kind of uh, introduced myself. I said, um, hello, um, President Higgins, I don't know if you remember me or not. I'm in plain clothes now, but the last time... When we I'm met, James I Joyce. was as James wow. Joyce, and wow. he just said, of course I remember you, of course I do. <laughs> and, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I think uh, we better uh, take a couple of tunes, shall we? And what yeah. better tune to take than our very own song that we wrote called Where's My Hat? Where's My Hat? Um, this is a song that uh, ever since ever since uh, we first met you, I think a couple of years ago now, at the La Dolce Vita wine bar, um, and, you know, you, you, you started... I think the well, basically what happened was um, I, I was wearing a, uh, a, a two dollar joke shop kind of cowboy. Yeah, and I said you could do it with a better one. I know you came up, and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, because you know when you're doing music, you have to have a real, you have to have a bit of a hard skin about you, you know, particularly not not maybe when you're doing wine bars and that, you're out doing the pubs <laughs> yeah. and things like that. You just assume that any time someone's going to come up to you, it's like, all right, this is either going to be lovely or it's, you know... You're oh, going to could you play this song for us, please? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, so you come up to yeah. us and, and you said, um, oh, you know, you need a better hat, basically. And I was mm. like, oh, yeah, whatever. Then I find out, of course, that you're a hat maker and you knew exactly what kind of rubbish I was wearing. <laughs> And, uh, and the rest is history. It's and funny, like, he got away with it before that as well. Like, no one realized <laughs> no. how cheap and crappy that yeah. Now look at your style. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a, we're elevated well beyond uh, 
well beyond that, that those tacky beginnings. But did um, it used to fall off. Like, it did. It it, yeah, it blew well. off in the wind. You know your your hat, John, the the western hat that I wear most of the time, has only ever blown off once. It must have been enjoying a storm. It was crazy. <laughs> was it was on Kevin Street, and it yeah, just blew, oh my it blew God. about uh, twenty feet into the air, and then just landed. Yeah. Was so lucky. Well, that's the thing. We were right next to a construction mm. site, and if it had gone into there, God knows it would have been a submission getting it back. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the point I'm trying to make is uh, we we decided uh, to to write a song um, dedicated to the to the work of uh, of, of Mr. John Shevlin, and this is it. It's a song called "Where's My Hat." Where I sat, but I never took it off. How about that? There's my trusty shivering hat. 
and it was all mine I drove her out I must have been blind That's the thoughts of a fool Thinking out loud She loved me so But I was untrue She's gone for good So what can I do That's the thoughts of a fool Thinking out loud There's not a thing That I can say about her Except I don't know how Gonna live without her I had a love And it was all mine I watched it fade A kiss at a time That's the thoughts of a fool Thinking out loud There's not a thing that I can say about her Except I don't know how I'm gonna live without her I had a love And it was all mine I watched it fade A kiss at a time That's the thoughts of a fool Thinking out loud That's the thoughts of a fool Just thinking out loud And that was Thoughts of a Fool by Ernest Tubb from 1961. 1961. Your dad would have been making hats around then, was he? That's right. He started, uh, he incorporated the company in 1960. Wow. Okay. Fresh. Yeah. So I suppose that's the thing as well, because, like, you know, we, we love a lot of old... Um, we watch a lot of old kind of Busby Berkeley films from the kind of 1930s and and um, the, the 20s and 30s, if you see a picture from that period, every single person's wearing a hat. Absolutely. Um, uh, so, you know, and, and obviously the the, the the popularity of the hat generally is and the different types of hats have gone up and down through the years. Where do you see it at the moment? Well... There has been a bit of a, a resurgence, resurgence yeah. uh, absolutely, both for ladies' hats, both for men's hats, and I find uh, a lot more men are wearing hats now. Yeah. Yeah. And like over the years since I started making men's hats, I've seen that business increase, and yeah. we're probably 50 50 with the ladies' hats, if not more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in men's hats. Because you do see it like, um, you know, there's this whole fashion, I suppose, up now and over the last few years uh, for the kind of the 
the you know the barbering as well as very yes. much the, the, the beards and the hair and the that's kind right. of vintage it's clothing a, and I yeah. suppose the hats go along with that. That's thing. right, yeah. I mean uh, men are taking more care of themselves yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good to see. Good to see. Absolutely. Dapper, dapper lads. Well, I find that, uh, you know, Irish men who were traditionally very, very conservative are now very, very fashion conscious, yeah. mm. more so than ever. And yeah. rather than just kind of wearing a, a, an old-fashioned black hat on their heads, mm. uh, I very rarely advertise black. So yeah. I try to get men to go for different colors, yeah. uh, brighten up the picture a little bit, you know, yeah. navy, greys, uh, denim colors, and so on and so yeah. forth. Even some of those wild red ones I've seen on the, on the website. Of like <laughs> well, I, I, I've got a couple of customers. I've got one in particular, and he must have half a dozen hats, and they are all in different colors. Wow. I mean, from purple to wine. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he's, <laughs> he's a little bit eccentric, but he's very yeah, stylish. You need it. You need that. So I suppose uh, the, the next thing to, to talk about here is the whole Western aspect. Obviously, the, the kind of hats that, um, that we wear have you know from that the real kind of cowboy hat look to the kind of more the the bandit look to the preachery kind of things you know it's all kind of covered under that that western banner um you have uh quite a history in producing western hats that goes goes you know back beyond the last few years working with us and this would as what i'm trying to get to is is the whole uh the Garth Brooks craze and the line dancing craze of what you were saying about 17 years ago. That was huge. Yeah. 17 to 20 years ago, we had a massive line dancing craze, which is still going on in, yeah, in various parts of the, of the country. And I was the only maker of Western hats and we did thousands of hats wow. for the line wow. dancing craze. The country. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, and not only that, you mentioned Garth Brooks, mm. uh, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, maybe more, uh, Garth Brooks came to town to Dublin and it was a yeah. uh, it was a huge event yeah. and I was commissioned by the wax museum to make a hat for his wax model that's amazing <laughs> and uh, and you were telling us as well it was bolted on well <laughs> yeah I discovered that more recently when Garth Brooks was supposed to come back two yeah. years ago and didn't didn't for various reasons yeah. we, we won't go into no. uh hopefully he'll come back again yeah. um but i offered to uh clean up and uh, reshape the hat if it was still in existence um went to the wax museum and found that the wax model was a bit dismembered <laughs> and when i walked into the reception area there was the head only <laughs> Of Garth Brooks Very sitting. Mafia. Oh Very my God! Yeah, real Godfather actually bring, bring me the head of uh, yeah, whatever his name Brooks. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the hat was on his head, and I said, "Okay, yeah, it's a bit dusty. I'll take it off." And when I went to take it off, I found I couldn't take the hat off because it was bolted to the head. So there's a bit of insider information. <laughs> yeah, there. those hats on those wax models. Uh, Th yeah, they're bolted, so anti anti theft yeah, device. Don't, don't try and yeah. pull them off. But eventually, yeah, we got it unscrewed and reshaped it, and. Yeah, it's great back into good condition again. So uh, if he ever does turn up again, his, uh, his hat, the hat on his wax body will be uh, looking yeah. good. I actually sent him a hat the time he was over here oh, yeah, yeah. with the Irish colours. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't see it on stage and I sent it to his hotel, but I don't know whether he got it or not. Uh, maybe some... Uh, maybe some One of his roadies is probably wearing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could be the case. Uh, so, you know, going on from the, the, the whole Western thing, Obviously, you're involved in the uh, the little song contest that we're having. Uh, the uh, award ceremony is, is, is a week away. Yeah, that's from, a super, super initiative. Well done. 
Yeah, it's it's been mm. uh, it's it's kind of exceeded our expectations on yeah, every level. Really. There, the, the, it's it's great to see that the the people nominated for the shortlist are really excited and pleased to be involved. Um, you know, the, the sponsors such as yourself uh, have been so encouraging in making it all happen. Uh, today, someone or yesterday, someone sent us a photo there showing our uh, our our banners there up on um, on Bachelor's Walk there at the front of the. The grand social, so it's just been it's been amazing, and we're hoping for a really really fun event now next week. Uh, so you'll be there to present one of the the lucky winners with or lucky. It's not luck, I suppose. It's judge. Talented winners. Talented winners. Yes. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not a lottery. One of the talented winners yeah. uh, with with their very own um, Chevlin Western style hat, which of course uh, they can they can get size and all that with you later. But um, yeah, I suppose I just wanted to. On air. Thank you very much for being yeah. involved. Very, very welcome, um, and thanks for inviting me. And, and this is year year one of uh, hopefully many, many years of mm -hmm. the, the Dublin City Round as Old Country Song Country. Of course. By the way, your your um, your uh, your colleague uh, Deirdre Griffin as well, who works down at uh, the, the designer in Castlane Designer Studio, Studio, yeah, with us. With you guys, mm. she works in in glass, um, glass artist, glass fusion, glass yeah, fusion. She's a fantastic artist. She's really good, and uh, it's. We're really, really pleased to have her pro producing the, uh, the the sculpture for the winner. Yes, the, the, the trophy. The trophy, yeah. yeah. I've actually, yeah, yeah, I let you in on a secret. I've oh. seen a preview of it. Oh, really? Wow. And it's looking very, 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 very nice. Yeah, we've seen pictures. It's looking good. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get get a hold of that this week and, uh, and take some photos and let everyone see it. So uh, we're going to go to another couple of songs, but when we return, we will have more questions with John. What have you got there for us, Al? We've got If You Got the Money, I've Got the Time by Lefty Frizzell. <laughs>
to the park where it's dark We won't fool around But if you run short of money I'll run short of time Cause you with no more money, honey I've no more time Seem to be, you seem to be 
non-stop you know just about the year round but but the the horse show in particular do you want to just give people a little bit of a background into okay. what that's like yeah that actually uh is a big event for me and uh, it's been very very successful it hasn't you know our stand space has increased over the years yeah. um we skipped this year because the horse show was brought forward yeah, due um, to the Olympics, yeah. and the Irish horses would not have been ready for the Olympics if uh, you know in yeah, August. So it was brought to forward to July, and I already had made plans for traveling in July. Yeah. So basically, it was a, a good reason to go and take a holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, certainly, it's a big, big event. Yeah. Um, but having said that, um, it's a lot of hard work, as you say. Yeah. And usually, it takes a toll, well, it? usually the whole month of July is mm -hmm. dedicated to working day and night making up stock and so on and so forth. Um, and afterwards, uh, the orders I get and so on keeps me quite busy going into September. And yeah. then we're into the autumn winter season and I'm supplying shops at that stage. So it's a very pressurized period. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of glad this year of the holiday and the break. Yeah. And it allowed me time to set up for the autumn winter season, which mm. nearly always starts off with Arnott's every year. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're really, really great supporters. In fact, my father originally started under the umbrella of Arnott's, making, oh, really? making hats for Arnott's. They had a huge wholesale division here. Yeah. So um, not only Arnott's, I also sell to other shops around the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in relation to doing shows like that, uh, it does take its toll to a certain extent. Um, my next one and my next uh, trade fair, if you like, will be Showcase in the RDS. When's that? And that's January. Oh, wow. No. That's uh, not too far off. It's not too far off. I'm preparing for that already. Yeah, well. And we have our stand selected and so on. Um, that's almost nearly more important in a way than the horse show. The horse show really caters its direct selling to uh, people on the people day, on the day where, where and afterwards. The other showcase, also in the RDS, yeah. is a showcasing, obviously, of your designs and so on. Yeah. And that's really important because I am trying to uh, get more export, yeah, of course, yeah, uh, and export into shops around 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 the world. Around the world yeah. uh, so, so that leads me on to a couple of things. First of all, uh, with the Arnott's uh, connection, are, you have hats in there right now that people can walk in and have. They're going to be in there in about a week or so. Right. Okay. So this is your this is the, your winter collection. Exactly. Yeah. I see. No, that's really interesting. Now it's a limited collection that they have. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you want everything. You know, the studio. in our in our shop, we have yeah. a lot more, and then we've we've shops around the country, quite a few shops around the country yeah. we supply to, and they take a bigger selection. Yeah, of course. And in terms of you're talking about, uh, you know, exporting to to shops in different countries, where what gives an example of some of the places worldwide that uh, that your your hats are available? Well. In terms of of retail selling yeah. direct to shops, yeah. uh, we got a couple of new accounts. From the last trade fair, right. uh, I moved my position uh, in showcase yeah. um, into the industries hall where I reckon a lot of the serious buyers come. Yeah. So we got a few new customers. We've got some in France, uh, Belgium, England, the States. Wow, right. Apart from that, uh, we actually I was asked before, like, uh, where do you where do your hats end up? Yeah. And I found the answer was easier to say. To list the countries where my hats have not been right. posted to, wow, wow. because this we get a, a lot of uh, in a lot of individual order. individual orders coming okay. to our shop because we're in a touristic area in Tampa yeah, Bar, yeah. And our own and shop, they say send it, send it and we post area. all over the world. Wow, wow, wow. So, what countries haven't you? 
Iceland, Greenland. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? God, they have no taste. Oh, they are. <laughs> they get, some, get that Iceland market going. Yeah. But um, this is, again, one thing about yourself is you do like to travel. Oh, yeah. I've noticed. Um, <laughs> you're, you're proficient in the French language. I can get by in French, you, yeah. Oh, I can get by, so modest. <laughs> And, uh, but you do, you spend, you spend, uh, it appears any chance you can in the kind of in the Mediterranean and, and I, France, Italy. So I, I tend to stick to Europe. Um, yeah. Paris, I go to Paris quite a lot. I go for trade fairs. Um, I also go because I love the city as well. Yeah. I know Paris quite well. And as you say, I can get by in the language. Yeah. Um, but uh, this year uh, I was in Italy. Yeah. And I've what discovered that Italy is really a beautiful country. Yeah. Um, well, this time around, I was in uh, Rome and Naples. Yeah. And we had a tour of the island of Capri, which is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Earlier on this and year, you texted me when you were yeah, on the boat. You I on probably Capri. did. Yeah. You see, I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about you when I was away. <laughs> probably sent you photographs of, of the sunshine yeah. as well. But I've also uh, earlier this year I was around Lake Como. And oh, okay. I was in Milan as well, yeah. and um, Italy is really, really beautiful. Great. So was that, your, was that your first time ever in Italy? No, I've been there a couple of times. Oh, okay. I've been to yeah. Venice before and one or two other places. Um, I would say Paris is my favorite city. Uh, after that, New York. I've been there twice, yeah. and I'd love to go back there again. Uh, it's an amazing city. You can get anything you want. And I remember on one particular trip, uh, you know, equipment for the hat industry is very, very hard to get. Yeah. There's nothing new made. You're relying on old, old machinery. Oh, and on one of my yeah. trips to New York, I was in the garment district, and I came across two hat machines, very, very specialist wow. hat machines. Oh. And they're now back in Dublin with me. Wow, nice. <laughs> Great acquisitions. Yeah. That's, I suppose, um, yeah, when, when you're dealing with, like, like, say, for example, what happens, I, I, there must be, like, do you maintain the, the, the instruments that you work with, these machines and things like that? Or is there someone yeah, who does that? No, um, I actually, um, as part of my education, many, 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 many years ago, won't put a date on it, um, <laughs> I actually trained as a sewing machine mechanic. And I spent a period of time working as a sewing machine mechanic in one of the largest clothing factories here in Ireland uh, before returning back into the hat business. So that experience has stood to me to this day. So I repair my own machines and uh, because it's so hard to get, I always try and pick up a few machines if I can so that I will have, I won't be let down. I will have a spare, spare parts or I'll have a spare machine to put up if I need to. Yeah, because it's so, um, it's such a, it's such a great, uh, you know, old, old world, old timey production. Isn't well, it? it's funny you should say that. I mean, the method for making hats, mm. nothing has changed really. Very little yeah. has changed. The only thing that might have changed is the actual material and the quality of material yeah, and yeah. The materials that are available today. Um, that is probably the only thing that's changed. The method, the machinery, equipment uh, just goes back centuries. One thing that has changed and you know you've probably heard of the expression mad as a hatter yes mm. well is this that, like or something yeah or well this <laughs> this comes from in bygone days what? the felters when they were felting the material mm. they used to use mercury in the process and the fumes from the mercury yeah. used to make the hatters go a bit loopy a bit, a bit crazy a bit wow. mad so that was, that's where the expression mad as a hatter comes from so that's people ask people ask me today yeah when i'm doing talks like and stuff they say oh do you still use mercury 
I said, no, I always say I don't use mercury, so I'm not mad. I'm only half mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you have to be a bit mad to be any, in any of the, the, the artisan uh, uh, fields. But what do you do then if you don't use the mercury? How, what's, the, what's the process? Well, you, 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 you don't felt it. Do you, or what no, do you no, do? no. I mean, we buy the felted material. It's yeah. already commercially produced course, for yeah. hat makers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. no danger of you going No. It'll be grand. <laughs> um, have you got another song for us, Sarah? Yes, I do. This one is called The Mother-in-Law Boogie by Earl and Joyce Sommer. <laughs> Sing a serenade to you, bowing 
by the stars above us shining For that my love is true for There's none diviner Oh, Dinah Promise me tonight you will be mine Oh, Dinah Underneath your window, love, I'm singing Don't you hear my merry banjo ringing? Yes. Now, when we talk about machinery, to, to show the yeah, yeah. Well, really what I had on display was materials yeah. um, and some hatting equipment, right. which would have been hat me- like a very old tools, like a hat measuring tool. I saw it, yeah. I yeah. mean, machinery, uh, the only thing I had in the land of machinery was one of these heads of a hat sewing machine, right, yeah. which I was able to explain was specifically designed for making hats. It's a very, very small machine. Mm. And because hats are circular, uh, it allows, can't describe it here, but it allows for the hat to kind of go around the machine. Right, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and because it's not, it's not something flat you're sewing, like, like, a, no, like a shirt. Yeah, that is really interesting. So yeah. the machines are very special. But having said that, a lot of the work, I mean, if I, if I come up with a, a, new, a new design or something like that, very often that's actually just made by hand, yeah. shaped by hand, mm. um, in order to produce it, I then have to bring my prototype yeah. and make a block to my block maker. Yeah. And usually I like to go over to meet my block maker because I'm very specific as to how the block is made. Yeah. And uh, they make it to my specification. And, yeah, that's great. You know, I, remember, that, that's, I remember the day down in because that was when uh, you were 
as Joyce on the oh, I was, yeah. It was well, such RTE. A, it was such a mishmash. It was great. RTE, yeah. I was wearing two hats. <laughs> yeah. And at the same, <laughs> and at the same time, talk, <laughs> yeah, talking through my hat. Yeah. But uh, yes, I was talking about. Uh, oh, it was great. You had a big crowd. There. The history, yeah. quite a lot of people, and loads. that was the road to the rising. And I did it last year for. Oh, sorry, right. this year. This year, yeah. Easter. Where were you? Where, 2016. Where um, Stephen's Green. Oh. Oh. And what did you and have? It? Was it a similar kind of setup? A similar setup. Uh, I had um, also. I, I actually had uh, a wooden block, mm. which I part made and got a friend of mine as a carpenter to make, right. because it was for a hat for the Abbey Theatre. Oh, I see. And it was just a one-off. It was a one-off yeah, right. thing, and uh, people so, were very fascinated as to how I made this hat on a wooden block because it's it was called a stovepipe hat, I know, yeah, and it's a very yeah. very high crown yeah. to it. And um, I, was, I was explaining there's a lot of steaming and stretching on this yeah. block to get the shape right. And perhaps a little bit of bad language along the way. <laughs> Blood, sweat and tears. Oh, one more thing before we finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and Al, of course, uh, hobbyists of the, uh, of the, the pipe. Avid pipe smokers oh, yeah. these days. We enjoy our pipe. You used to smoke a pipe, didn't you? That's a long, long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't smoke anymore. I haven't no, smoked. No, I haven't no. smoked for thirty years. No, you only steam. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I let out steam. <laughs> No, I used to talk about pipes, though. I yeah. used to have a pipe called a church warden. Yeah, the really yeah. long one. A very long stem to it. Yeah. yeah, and now and again, now and again, the stem, uh, you know, I'd have it hooked in my my Tram- my tra- the loop the the, loop of the, the belt loop of my trousers. Yeah. I'd go through a door, and the door closed behind me, and snap the the, <laughs> the thing in half, and, and I'd bring it to the factory, and I'd regrind the stem of it and yeah. put it back in again. It was getting shorter and shorter all the time. <laughs> so it ended up just wow. not being a yeah. church warden by the end. Well, listen. Thanks very, very much for joining us here today on the Dublin City. In my pleasure. Very Thank very you for inviting me. Not at all. Um, we're going to see you uh, in a week's time yes, at, uh, the, uh, at the Old Country Song Contest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that and presenting the... Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. The, the hat and so on. Uh, I'm sure they'll be very And thank you for, for inviting me for that too. Uh, not at all, not at all. Um, we're going to finish off with a song. So it, for, for anyone who's interested in their, in their hats, do check out um, Shevlin Millinery or John Shevlin. You'll find them all over the internet if you search that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and get down to the uh, Cows Lane Designer Studio where you can see a huge range of, of John's hats and, and grab one yourself. And uh, we'll have him back on the show one of these days in a future event. Oh yeah. Alright, so uh, what are you going to play us out with here? Uh, this is a song by Marty Robbins from his little known rockabilly album, Rock and Roll and Robbins, from uh, 1955. This one is Tennessee Toddy. Alright, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Where me and my baby was walking down the road, hopping along like two little toes. I looked down at her, I said, what can we do? She said, let's go someplace where we can bop to the blues. I said, I didn't know a place where we could do such a thing. She said, I know that place. It's just a little spot on the outside of town Where we can really pick them up and put them down So we went Yeah, we was gone, gone, long gone Well, I'll tell you more about it in the very next verse of the song Well, we went to a place called Everbody's 
I met a little chicken called Tennessee Toddy. The reason that they called her chicken Tennessee Toddy was she had a lot of legs and a little bit of body, but the cat could go. Yes, she was gone, gone, long gone. Well, I'll tell you more about it in the very next verse of the song. Well, she was long and lean like a green string bean. Calm and collected and cool and keen. She was all of this and a whole lot more. When baby saw me watching her, she threw me out the door and we were gone. Yeah, we was gone, gone, long gone. Well, I'll tell you more about it in the very next verse of the song. Cause I had to get acquainted with the Tennessee toddy So we left there Yeah, I was gone, gone, long gone Well, I'll tell you more about it in the very next verse of my song Well, I was back there jumping with the toddy at three Went in, walked a gent twice as big as me He looked real mean and mad and sore He made for me and I made for the door Just running Yeah, I was gone, gone, long gone Well, I'll tell you more about it in the very next verse of my song Well, I didn't know the toddy had a man of her own Made out of nothing but muscle and bone I know I'd rather have a baby instead But that big ape put knots on my head So I left there Yeah, I was gone, gone, long gone Well, there ain't no more This is the end of my song Tune in next time to the Dublin City Rounders Radio Hour with Rowan and Al Follow the Dublin City Rounders on Facebook and Twitter at facebook.com slash Dublin City Rounders and Twitter handle at DCityRounders Rounders